assistant branch librarian for Elkin Public Library. And I'm Tyler. I'm the Regional Community Services Librarian for Northwestern Regional Library. And today we're talking about an absolutely remarkable thing, uh, which is by Hank Green. I think the book came out in around September. I know it was um, at Barnes & Noble that started their own book club. Mm-hmm. And it was, it may have been the first, no, it wasn't the first. That was Female Persuasion. It was one of the first books that Barnes & Noble did in their monthly book club that they're now doing. Oh, I was about to say, mm-hmm. how long have they been doing that? I think since about, not very long, um, Sometime last summer, I think, I think July, maybe was the first one. Okay. They did the female persuasion. Um, but so, I think it's cool that Barnes & Noble starting to do book clubs. So I say, mini plug for uh, yeah, Barnes & Noble. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting to, just on the kind of side note, Barnes & Noble started to do a lot of things that libraries already do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're realizing that's kind of what people want. Obviously, because we're talking about a new book, this is rated S for spoilers because we will be giving things away mm-hmm. in this podcast. As much as I hate to do that. I know, bless it. But sure. <laughs> you can't talk about the book no. without actually talking about the book. Yes, Carson's so. right. You can't. You can't. So. And, uh, like the other day, we were talking to um, our director here and about this book. And Carson was just going in and saying, this happened and this happened and this happened. And I'm just kind of sat there in horror the whole time. Yes. Um, but not the, I mean, the director asked for it. I mean, she, she asked did to ask for it. So it wasn't like... But you had that horror movie look on your yeah. face the whole time. I like, just can't, I can't do it to people that haven't read it yet. But she's still, she's reading it anyway. Yes. And, and enjoying exactly. it. So it's, you know... Well, no, and, and so no to spare, done. to spare Tyler today, I'm going to give the summary. Yes. <laughs> and then we're both going to do the discussion. Absolutely. So at I least can, at that point, I will have already given it away. Yes. So yes. it won't be so bad. Yes. Uh, okay. So basically, this story uh, is about April, May. Uh, sorry, that was a horrible name. I don't like that name. Um, April is a 23-year-old. She's living in New York. Uh, she is living with her roommate. Uh, and one morning, she's coming back from work. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. She's walking back home, and she sees this huge statue out of nowhere. And she's enamored by the statue and wondering why nobody is noticing it. And so she calls her friend Andy to come, and they film a, a video. Uh, in this video, she names him Carl, the statue. It's supposed to be a little joke, funny video. And the next day, it goes completely viral. It's everywhere, all over the world, because there are 60-some Carls that appeared out of nowhere the night before. Nobody saw them being put there. They have no clue when it happened. So everybody is just very interested in this in this story. And it, it ends up spiraling. It becomes way bigger than April or any of them could have realized that it was going to be. And there's... Um, I don't really want to give away the ending, but I do want to say there it there ends up being two parties that come out of this. Those who think the Carls are good mm-hmm. and those who think the Carls are bad. And right. then there's this huge fight between them. April is on the side that thinks Carl is good. And uh, this other guy, Peter, I think Peter his name Petrowicki, was. Peter Petrowicki. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to say that last name. Yeah. Bless him. We think um, it's Petrowicki, but yeah. no. <laughs> Could be different. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but uh, he uh, is leading the side that thinks Carl is bad. And uh, it ends up Carl is giving them these clues to figure out uh, what he is. And all of humanity is working together to figure out what it is that's going on. They have to work together to figure out these clues. There's this big dream 
uh, that they're all having, where these clues are coming from. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, intriguing idea of the dream. I really did like that part. Yes. But we'll get into that in a, a little bit more detail later on. Uh, but it's, it's um, again, I don't want to give away the ending. I don't want to give away, because I do hate to do that part. Yeah, the I, ending, yes. I will set it up for you, but I do not want to Although I might it. add that one day I was talking to Kirsten about a Madeline Miller book, Song oh. of Achilles, and we were like, the yes. ending's so good, and she took it from me and went straight to the end. I was like, what are you doing? I did. I did. I love spoilers. Okay, I know I am on a small island by myself, but I love spoilers. <laughs> oh, dude. Thought that was interesting. I and to, I could totally see you doing the video thing, like the Carl, mm-hmm. just coming up with that off the top of your head, like, "Hi, oh, this right? is Carl, the robot." As I was doing it, I mm-hmm. said, "I've done stuff like yeah, that before." Yeah, I mean, I could absolutely just see you doing that. I used to do it to the guy outside the Ren Fair. Have you ever been to the Ren Fair? Oh yeah, yeah. I do mm-hmm. that. There's that guy who's just standing there, and I will go up to him and I'll be like, "Oh hey, guy, how are you this year? God, you still look kind of stiff, you know?" Yeah. I'll just talk to this him. is Bill. Yeah. Exactly. This is Bill. He has a long history. You know, I mean, he left his wife, and then there was this whole it. thing with the other. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm a weirdo. So, so, yeah, part of April, May, I could see yeah. I could see doing that weird stuff, because I'm that person. She's been kind of silly. And I'll say, too, I don't remember why my mind went here, but when I was imagining Carl and what he looked mm-hmm. like, I went to the Dragon Zord from Power Rangers, the, you know, the Green Rangers, mm-hmm. Megazord. You know, if you know what that is, bless you. Um... <laughs> But anyway, that's what I was kind of picturing every time that I saw Carl, which I think is pretty cool. Yay! I mean, I saw a gold dude, and it specifically did not say gold anywhere, but for some reason, I pictured a gold statue in my head. It's interesting. And our director, who's reading it too, she had, I forgot what she said she thought he looked like, but it was also completely different from Mm -hmm. these two things. So now I'm wondering if maybe it was just a very general description and kind Mm -hmm. of let us believe whatever yeah, we want to. Yeah, kind of imagine our own thing. Uh, I mean, they did describe some things, but mm-hmm. it wasn't very, it wasn't very descriptive, and I think it that was wasn't. purposeful. Well, at one point, I think he said black hand, that Carl's hand was black, and it got cut yeah. off, and even in my head, I'm picturing this big gold bronze statue thing, yes. and I see a gold hand, sa- oh, even okay. though I read the word black. Yeah. I see gold. I don't... <laughs> see, for me on that, I was still imagining the green dragon zord, mm-hmm. but... His hands were just black. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I just basically changed the color of his hands, and that's all that, you know, He could have been wearing yeah. gloves. You don't know. That's true. Somebody could put gloves on. That's true. He could have been wearing gloves. Could have been like the reverse of an infinity gauntlet, yeah, you know, instead yeah. of being gold, it's black. You right. never know. Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, did we get through the whole... I think we got through the whole su- summary, because I, I, like I said, I don't want to give away the ending. No, like, I don't want to ruin it for everybody. That. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to encourage you to read this exactly. book. Exactly. everything you won't read it. So. Exactly. Because I know what you're up to. Oh, totes. Yeah, they're just going to listen to this and say, yeah. tell their like, friends oh, that they already the knew. Yeah, yeah that they was read me. The book. I read it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. This is what happened. And we, we did come up with... Um, Several talking points. We looked at different discussion questions across the interwebs, mm-hmm. and um, just to see what other people have come up with. And we think we've got some good things here to discuss. Um, we're going to talk about kind of social media and its effects on society, and oh, that's a good one. How it affects everything that we really do, and how it affected April, May, and the mm-hmm. book, obviously. Um, we're also going to talk and be talking about. Um, being in crowded places and kind of being oblivious to some things. Um, mm-hmm. Then we're also going to jump into 
how much we love the book or how much we hate the book, depending on which one of us you talk to. I was about to say, Tyler looked at me, just looked at me when he said hated the book. I, I, I felt that, man. Deep down in my soul. Right. <laughs> when, because um, I had gave Kirsten the book to read and she brought it up to me and uh, she kind of had this look on her face and she was like, well, I finished it here. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I was like, you hated it, didn't you? Yes. She was like, yeah, I pretty did. much. So. I'm sorry. But, you know, again, that just gives us a lot to talk it about. Makes for great discussion. Yes, it does. So it does. We're going to jump into that. And I do have legit reasons for not liking it. Oh, so she we'll does. definitely talk about that. She but does. Absolutely. It's not like I just opened it and said, God, I hate this. Right. You know? right. A lot of it's based around April, May. I yeah. Think, yeah. Um, I can't. So mm-mm. I think she's a very Bless polarizing it. character. Mm-hmm. Um, much in the same way that. Um, lots of, I guess, famous people or people in government or people mm-hmm. in the news or news stations. Lots, you know, most of them are very polarizing. Oh yes. You have your ones that you like and the ones that you absolutely hate, and it really doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Kind of sometimes what they say. Exactly. So, yeah. um, we're also going to be talking about the dream that was featured in the book, um, and kind of the two sides um, that Kirsten mentioned earlier um, that kind of came about because of the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk about the author's purpose. We're going to take it all the way back to eighth grade for you. Yes. And answer that um, pressing EOG question. Exactly. So, Which is, man. Um, that's what we're going to be covering today. So just stick with us. Bless it. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is going to be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. And, you know, it's interesting because the very first thing we're talking about is social media. And in my summary, I didn't say anything about social media. Oh, yeah. But it became it's a huge part of this book, well, that's, social it, media. It is. Um, so, back, so we'll just jump into this. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the book, when April May does see the Carl, and they, her and her friend Andy do this video, and they post it to YouTube, and the next day it had thousands and thousands of views mm-hmm. and um, she was already kind of famous all over the world because yeah. this was the first video that had been made about these creatures, robots, mm-hmm. uh, you know, statues, whatever statues. you want to call them. Um, and I forgot what I was saying. Um, <laughs> Social media. So, oh yeah, this is the first video that had been made about it and she had called them Carl's so everyone around the world was now calling them Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that uh, Kirsten and I talked about is it's like, you've given this thing a name now, so it's kind of close to your heart, I guess, yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Not that Carl was a pet, but in the same way that you name a pet, you become attached to it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, I mean, but in April, May, she even describes, I mean, like I said, she's a 23-year-old girl, mm-hmm. so she is right there on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z. Yeah. And so we're, I mean, we're both millennials. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I'm smack dab in the middle of millennials. You're mm-hmm. closer to Gen X. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's this prevailing idea that Gen Zs and millennials, they're so enamored mm-hmm. of social media, they mm-hmm. can't put it down. Right. Which I would argue that the older generations can't do it either. I'm just saying, my mama. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Lots of people are really addicted to it. <laughs> oh my god, my so mama. I was saying the other day that it was like um, we used to get on the internet to take a break from reality, mm-hmm. and now we get off. We use reality to take a break from the, from the internet. internet. Yep. It's I so love true. those. I love those little pictures of that guy who it, it'll say uh, nineteen. I think it said nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. and it'll be him. Uh, getting an email and okay. he'll be like, "Oh yes, email." Yeah. And then, uh, then it goes down to like 2015, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, he's got a letter, and he's like, "Yes, a letter." A letter. <laughs> I know. 
It's so funny. But like my mama, I mean, she's a 50-year-old woman. And bless it, if mom, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm giving you away. But we'll be sitting there at supper. And I'm I'm 28. And you would think I would be the problem. But I'll look up and I'll go, Ma, so what do you think about this? And the whole time she's been on her phone, so she has no clue what I've been saying. I'm like, Ma, put your phone away. We're at supper. I know. I have to remind myself myself sometimes, even Mm -hmm. if we're like out at dinner somewhere and Mm -hmm. I'm with my parents or I'm with my in-laws and we're all just looking at our phones and like, oh, I need to put this up. Because I look around at all the other people in the restaurant and I'm Mm -hmm. like, shame on them for having their phones out with the family. (laughs) And I'm sitting there doing the same thing. Doing the same thing, yeah. Um, So then I put mine up and I realize that also everyone else at my table has their phone Mm -hmm. out and we're just not talking to each other at all. (laughs) Exactly. So. But it's so interesting though because there is that prevailing idea that it's the Gen Z's and the Millennials who are the problem. But April, May, at 23, Mm -hmm. she states that she doesn't have any of that stuff. She doesn't have Facebook. She's never been on YouTube. She has her Instagram, but Mm -hmm. that's just for her art that she does. She doesn't have any of the social media stuff. So right before all that Carl stuff happened, Mm -hmm. she just regular person doing whatever then all of a sudden this Carl thing happened Mm -hmm. and not only is she on YouTube Mm -hmm. she goes and starts a Facebook page she Mm -hmm. goes and starts a Twitter page and Mm -hmm. then she becomes so consumed Mm -hmm. by it she can't she even says that she can't not look anymore she has to see how popular she is Mm -hmm. and I think that's one reason I mean we'll get into more later on but that's one reason why I don't like April Mike yeah, um, I mean, I think social media is an addiction to a lot of people, and it is. If you post something that's getting a lot of likes, you're like, oh, you know, yeah. people like me. You love me, you really love me, you know, it's um, that's what you think, and so you want to look and see more, and then you want more and more and more, and it just mm-hmm. becomes this never-ending cycle, and you're kind of trapped in it. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, even Facebook, you know, it kind of blows my mind that we have to have four or five different types of social media, but I think they all yeah. do have kind of their specific... Mm-hmm. reasons for existing because um, they yeah. really do different at least Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat really do different things. Yeah, they Some do. of them are starting to kind of overlap with what they can do but mm-hmm. they're really all kind of meant for different things. So, yeah. Um, I mean and in it's it's okay if you have that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a Twitter. I tried it. I couldn't yeah. figure it out. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, too stupid for Twitter. But <laughs> I do have a Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get on there to, you know, keep in touch with family mm-hmm. and friends mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's yeah. great for that. But the fact that she just, it, it took over her whole world. Mm-hmm. You know, it ended up affecting her relationships with yeah. all these different people. Yeah. And... Which is interesting because I think it was her girlfriend maybe that mm-hmm. told her to get these other accounts. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's kind then, of, I mean, you know, in a way she kind of ruined herself by saying yes. to everybody, oh, you need these other social media accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if she hadn't suggested that? I mean, maybe someone would have later on, yeah. but it may not would have consumed her so early Yeah. if she hadn't suggested, oh, you have to have these other social media accounts. Yeah. And I mean, so social media, I mean, plays a huge part in this book, which you can understand, mm-hmm. you know, because again, not only is she on that cusp, but I think the readers of this book are mm-hmm. supposed to to get an understanding mm-hmm. of, of more of the Gen Z millennial demographic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, which may also be a problem, but that's just mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Well, it's almost like she feels like, and a lot of people I think feel this way at least about other people that if you don't have social media and post to it then you must not exist yeah and I mean I've got friends or people that I knew in high school that still don't have any social media and they're like this 
mysterious, magical, right. like, being that you have no idea what you're doing, and mm-hmm. that's how they like it. Yeah. And, I mean, I've turned off my Facebook account before just to kind of be away from yeah. it. But then I do that, and I get all these text messages, and they're, they're like, where are you? Are you okay? Or, or the, uh, did you delete me? Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you delete me? Did and you block like, me? Yes, I did. <laughs> so, sometimes you have Gosh. to. With uh, you really do. I'm sorry. But, um, mm. but people do kind of freak out if you don't have some kind of digital representation of yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they just can't handle it. They can't fathom. Mm. You know, why don't you? Is. And I'm like, send me a letter. Yeah. We can talk about yeah. it. <laughs> what they're really saying is, I can't pry into your life exactly. and you know, check up on you without your permission. I, I, you don't have all this stuff on the internet. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I value my privacy mm-hmm. too much. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, I have Facebook, but I post to it like once a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's more of a, I'm still alive, so oh, please yeah. don't ask. <laughs> I post very minimally to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the most Facebook I do is for the library here. I mean, I, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. really why I thought about turning it off, but I really have kept it so mm-hmm. I can, you know, do the libraries again. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so, everybody posts everything on there. Yes. And I, I don't need to know mm-hmm. all the things you do. I especially don't need to know you know who you are, <laughs> that you went to the bathroom. Yes, okay? Yeah. Do not need to know that. Don't need to play by play. No, I do not. But I think, you know, April, May, she that's how she felt, though, that people mm-hmm. needed to know yes. everything she was doing. Well, and, and then the problem is, and, and you know, we, we hinted about this earlier, I think, but you know, as she's using this social media mm-hmm. to try to push herself forward and make herself more popular, mm-hmm. she's putting on an image mm-hmm. of who she thinks people want her to be yes. and not being who she actually is. Yes. And I think that's another problem I had with her is mm-hmm. that she's, you know, you get, and I think I'll, you and I had talked about this before, mm-hmm. of celebrities. Yeah. You know, we we get this image in our mind of what we think a celebrity may be like mm-hmm. And we like that celebrity for that reason. Yeah. But in a, in real life, they could be a completely different person. Oh, we yeah. don't know because we're not around them. Absolutely. Even the and, way people kind of look, I mean, people's mm-hmm. image, they will post things on social media. And there's all these apps to do, you know, like Facetune. And mm-hmm. you can kind of change if you have blemishes, if you have freckles or acne or whatever. You can take away double chins. Yes. You can, you can do change all, all that. And so, and I read somewhere that, um, I forgot who it was, but some celebrity had said that, Basically, you post all these things online, that's what people see. So then when they do see you in person, they still have that image in their head yeah. of your kind of online personas. They don't see all those blemishes and flaws yeah. about you. And I think a lot of people aim for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that thing we were talking about with that girl's like posing? Oh, it's a welcome, uh, Jumanji. Welcome to oh, the Jungle. Oh, that's right. Jumanji. Yeah, because yeah. at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, it's showing the blonde girl. Mm-hmm. I forget her name. Bless her. Know, blonde her. girl. Yeah. But she's she's laying down on her couch bed or whatever the Things credit bed, is. Yeah. And she's got a cup of tea mm-hmm. beside her mm-hmm. and, and food. And then she's like laying there getting the perfect slant right. for the sun. And her makeup's done. And her and hair's did. And she's like, I just woke up. Mm-hmm. But she's holding a selfie stick, taking a picture of herself. Right. And she's been up for hours doing yes. her makeup and getting, you know, but that's what she's posting online was that I just woke up and this is how I look when I wake up. Perfect, yes. And so, and well, good for you. But. There's that horrible idea that we have to look perfect at mm-hmm. all times. I'm sorry, but I have seen myself when I roll out of bed in the morning. It yeah. is not a birdie sight, yeah. okay? I do okay. not look at myself in the mirror until after I've mm-hmm. done the hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, um, you know, but people are trying to, I guess, kind of alter how people see them mm-hmm. through social media yeah. and they do and it works mm-hmm. and um, I think it kind of takes away our humanity a little bit it does. to be this person that yes we never look bad or we never have these moments of 
you know, vulnerability or feeling bad about ourselves or how we look or anything. We have to yeah. present ourselves as perfect to everyone. Yeah. And that's kind of where April May went all the time. Yeah, um, she did. And not only that, you know, she got this, she got that way, but she also made it to where even though she didn't always believe that Carl was good mm-hmm. because her brand mm-hmm. believed that Carl was good, she yeah. had to put on that face of, yes. I believe he's good, and never waver from it. So you did get to the point where she was like on all these news shows mm-hmm. and I guess being a pundit, really, and she would she was saying in her head, well, I guess to the reader, she was yeah. saying um, that, you know, I... God, I lost my train of thought. Um, that she... Uh, the, the, um, with the because she's on the shows and even though she didn't believe Carl, oh, was good right. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, because she, whether or not she still believed he was good, that was what her brand had become. So she was sticking to it in every interview, and she was at one point going, you know, I don't really know what I think, but this is what I'm supposed to think, and this yes. is what my side of the story has become. So mm-hmm. this is what I have to say, whether I believe it or not. And I'm kind of trapped in this. Yeah. Um, which I think, too, though, she kind of got there because she named Carl and felt so close to it. And in a way, he helped her become famous. And mm-hmm. fame is something I think most people would love to have until they have it. Yeah, <laughs> until they have it, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, because we could sit here and pretend that it's all wonderful, mm-hmm, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I think through the book, you know... It, April May really saw the bad side of fame mm-hmm. as well. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to bring Lady Gaga into this. You know, her first album was the fame, and she was really talking about kind of the dark sides of fame and, and what it does to you as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, you first get it, and it's like, oh, this is so cool. Everyone loves me. But then you can't go out in public. You can't say the wrong thing mm-hmm. to the wrong person because you have millions of followers on Twitter, so if you type the wrong letter or something, you will be chastised and right. um, you know people will boycott you. And it's just, it's very delicate, I think, fame. Yeah. Um, and April May found that out pretty quickly. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, and then not only that, you know, it's like we said earlier, you know, there's it ends up being these two big parties come mm-hmm. out of this thing, which, I mean, you can get political with it because, I mean, they did represent yeah. mm-hmm. the two sides of any political argument, you yeah. know, the right wing and the left wing. Right. I totally used the wrong hands when I did that. They can't see that. <laughs> they can't see that. They though. can't see that, but yeah. I, I totally did. Mm-hmm. I, I did it on purpose, though. Mm-hmm. Totes, owning that. But <laughs> When she said herself that she was, you know, that the left wing kind of aligned with her mm-hmm. views and that the right wing kind of aligned with Peter Pedrowicz. Yeah. So she... She assigned the wings to yeah. the sides in the book. Yeah, but it went completely out of hand. You know, yeah. uh, she's yeah. not only has she become famous and she's become the spokesperson for mm-hmm. Carl. Mm-hmm. Now there's this other, you know, right wing group who's mm-hmm. come out of nowhere, and it it gets dangerous for her. There are a couple of assassination attempts on her life. Yeah. You know, I, because of mm-hmm. what she represents, because yeah. she supports Carl, mm-hmm. they try to kill her. And so she noticed, I mean, not only is fame getting in the way of her actually living her life, but it's, it's gotten dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they, too, the, the other side, they, I think, kind of were also, they took their stance, and then they kind of had to stick with it, too, whether mm-hmm. or not, I mean, the main guy, cause I think towards the end, he was kind of like, you know, he kind of stepped away from them. It was like, uh, you know, but yeah. he was their leader for a while, and it, Obviously, you know, created some people that were, you know, all these extremists. And, yeah. Um, they were really far to the right or really far oh, yes. to the left, and they're doing kind of crazy things. And 
uh, trying to assassinate her. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, I mean, you could argue, and, and I mean, it's been proven that pretty much any political party, you're mm-hmm. going to have yeah. those outliers who right. they don't represent the whole group, right. but they do have that extremist view of we've we've got to take matters into our own hands. Right. And yes. It's only going to get better if we do blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, so that you can't even necessarily blame Peter for that. I mean, oh, yeah. yes, he was vocal and he was a jerk, mm-hmm. but he may not have yeah. wanted them to do that. You don't know. Mm-hmm. But he kind of got famous the same way that, that she did. Mm-hmm. He was kind of the opposition to her, but through social media and through going on the news and through writing a book mm-hmm. and um, just the same ways. And it's amazing to me that I don't know ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago we didn't really have social media stars, people that were famous just mm-hmm. from doing things on social media. Yeah. And now I think that's what most, I mean, a lot of our celebrities that we look at are yeah. like social media famous. That's how they get into singing. That's how they get into movies. Um, it's just yeah. how people are discovered. And, or, I or love Red Link. Yeah, yeah. I mean. They just put out content that people like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have all these just wonderful things that happen to them, I guess. Yeah. Things that are just in their wildest dreams just from being in their home and posting things. Exactly. To the internet. I mean, isn't that um, how Justin Bieber got famous? It is. Yes, yeah. that's what I thought. I think mm-hmm. maybe Usher saw him on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. Okay. So, but yeah, it's just, or even through podcasting, I know the, the Aaron Mankey that does the Lore podcast, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got three books now. He's, um, there's a, the second season of his show has been released to Amazon Prime, and mm-hmm. all from just this podcast he started because he loves folklore and kind of scary tales. And yeah, that's my man. Yeah. Call me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> yes, um, we can have a party. Yeah, but just you know, people now can get famous by posting things to the internet, and it's kind of made the world a lot smaller in the way we find yeah. out things really quick when they happen. And that's something that happens a lot in the book is. When something happens, everyone knows immediately. immediately. Yes. Um, and then that goes into the the dream sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about that, which I, I loved mm-hmm. uh, that part of the book, I will say. Mm-hmm. I, I liked the idea of everybody having the same dream. Mm-hmm. They wake up in the same place, and they're, they're having to face the same puzzles mm-hmm. and once a puzzle is solved, mm-hmm. they get a part of a sequence yeah. that, that creates a big picture. Yeah. Um, and so they're all working together across the world mm-hmm. to figure this out. I loved that yeah. part of it. Yeah. And, yeah. The, the and they could coordinate with each other yes. because of the internet mm-hmm. and it bringing people closer together. So it, mm-hmm. it does kind of allow you to work with people. And you know in the dream there were different languages mm-hmm. and different languages written on dollar bills and things like yeah. that. Which I guess they weren't dollars because they were dollars. Yeah, I don't know what they were. But on paper mean. currency, um, mm-hmm. there were different languages. So people were able to work together in ways that they couldn't have a long time ago. Or like you know, later in the book when uh, Hollywood Carl's hand comes off. Yeah. And that's maybe the second video they did. Yeah, that's the second one because um, they were doing the, the iodine the, and, mm-hmm. and the what you call the it. The elements that they had found mm-hmm. um, to give to Carl and they gave this to him and then his hand came off and then that video was posted online that everyone knew. Exactly. And then everyone saw that all the other Carls were missing their hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just people know things immediately today. Yeah. I mean, even much more so than, than even 10 years ago. I mm-hmm. think. All these social media things were here 10 years ago. But I don't think that they were used they were as widely as they are. They were. Think, yeah. They were. 
I think Twitter was pretty new. I mean, MySpace was still a thing. I it mean, was. it's still a thing. Bless it. Yeah. It's holding on for dear life. Nobody uses it, though. No, yeah. What's that? No. Yeah, exactly. I put that in a trivia night question. BT oh, dubs. Yeah. I did. I said, what was... Uh, oh, I don't know where it was. Um, one of the first social media networks mm-hmm. that teenagers don't know today. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that would be a good quiz bowl question. Yeah. Because they're all in high I school. Am, and they, they have not no know. clue mm-hmm. what MySpace is. Mm-hmm. I loved my MySpace, though. Yeah. It was the best. It was neat. Because you yeah. could really, I mean, it's actually a lot of things on MySpace got me into web design. Oh, yeah. Because you, you could design your you own could. thing. I did that all the time. You your own themes. And mm-hmm. you got to, you know, you could you copy could and paste code mm-hmm. and it was just wonderful yes. and you could see all these things you could even you could put like a the um playlist you could you could do yeah. your playlist on a different site which yes. i did and then import it mm-hmm. onto myspace right. so it was on your page mm-hmm. i love and you that. had to rank your friends which yes was crazy you did. oh my god i always caused some drama <laughs> i wonder how april may would have ranked her friends on myspace Oh, she would have been changing that every day. She would have been changing it every day. Because I feel like, you know, at one point she says something about Robin and how important Robin is to her. And she can't yeah. imagine life without Robin. Right. But, but then, he's still just her assistant. But he's just her assistant. But then mm-hmm. Andy mm-hmm. was right. Or would uh, would have been one of the first. But then she had so many. Ben. Yeah. Weird, and, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about why mm-hmm. I do not like April Let's talk yeah. Because the way she treated the people around her. Mm-hmm. Gave me a real, it was a real problem for yeah, me. You know, yeah. she she talks about how she has this huge inflated ego. Mm-hmm. First of all, she, the whole book she's talking about how she thinks people observe her, and it's always I'm beautiful. Mm-hmm. They want me. Yeah. They love me. You know, yes. Andy Andy's so into me, mm-hmm. uh, and I know he's in love with me, mm-hmm. but I'm you know not interested yeah. or. Robin, I feel like Robin's mm-hmm. feeling toward me, but I, uh, he's just my assistant. Yeah. And and um, what's the, the the girlfriend's name? I can't remember. Maya. Maya. Yeah. yeah. Maya is is so into so much more into me than I am into her mm-hmm. and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm going. I, and, and I'm prettier than she I'm is. I'm prettier than she is. She I said got, that. <laughs> I have a real problem with that. Yeah. So not only does she have this inflated sense of ego, mm-hmm. but she treats those people yeah. like she has an inflated sense right. of ego. Like she uses them mm-hmm. to get whatever she wants and, and then it was just kind tosses of, them aside. The ego is, I think, a lot smaller at the beginning of the book. And I'm, I've went back and thought about it. I really think that her using social media and mm-hmm. all the... You know, love she was receiving on social media mm-hmm. was kind of giving her this inflated sense of people loving her, and she kind of almost didn't care what she did with the people in her life because she had yeah. millions of people that loved her and loved everything she said on Twitter. Yeah, so I mean, you could say that it's, it's the whole thing is just an allegory for the people who mm-hmm. start using social media mm-hmm. and just get so engrossed in it that they they themselves view the view themselves different. I think April May. Uh, this was a character. I guess flaw, I would say character flaw. Mm-hmm. She had at the beginning that she was pretty self-absorbed, but social media and kind of her fame through posting the video on YouTube and through social media made her a lot worse. It really brought yes. out this really bad trait in her, mm-hmm. um, and she really then didn't have any control over how she um, treated people. Yeah. So I think it ultimately led to her demise in several ways um, not necessarily her death but just as a kind of her soul yeah and her soul. who she the the old april may who she mm-hmm. was as a person before all this happened it really kind of um did number on her it did well um, I'm, I'm not 
I'm not gonna give anything away, but I'm gonna give something away. So again, as for spoilers, if you don't want to hear it, turn away. Mm-hmm. But although I don't know how turning away is gonna help you, but anyway. Yeah. So when she talks to Carl, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say when she talks to Carl, but when she talks to Carl, yeah. And he's telling her that she was chosen the whole time. I'm going, shut up! Don't tell her! Don't no, give her yeah. any more of a big ego that she already yeah. has. Uh, she doesn't need this. No, she's already got too much of an ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, I mean, it's kind of like it, it really reminded me of Harry Potter. I guess it was Goblet of Fire when mm-hmm. he started. He was like, "Well, I'm the chosen one. I am the chosen one." Oh yes, so oh, no, it was Half Blood Prince. It was Half Blood Prince because it was. Um, it was Half Blood Prince. It was Prince. Prince, but I can't remember. all the love potions. Yes, and that's right. And everybody Prince. was into him because right. he was the chosen one. And he was, that's right. It was Half Blood Prince. Thank God, he should have gotten together with Luna. I'm sorry. I love her, but they had that moment at the end of the fifth book yeah. where you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. And then he gets with Jenny out of nowhere. because they went to Slughorn's party together, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah they went to the to the Christmas party. Yeah, yes. yeah. They were so cute. No. Oh, she's adorable anyway. Oh, she's one of my favorite. Her yes. and Neville, my favorites. I know. Bless them. Um, but yeah, it really reminded me of Harry Potter being like, I am the, I'm the chosen one. Mm-hmm. So why would I think any different about myself? Uh, I know it's true, so I'm just gonna, you mm-hmm. know. Which is funny because you know, since we're making that comparison, mm-hmm. which is true, you know, he was the chosen one, and after that, he got a bit of an ego about yeah. it yeah. for a while, and then I feel like he kind of dissipated again when he realized just how bad it was to yeah. be the chosen one. Yeah. But. You know, he starts out as this kid who has no sense of ego. Yeah. None. Even mm-hmm. when he finds out he's famous, he's yeah. still like, what? Right. I don't see yeah. why people are freaking out about me. Right. And it's not until that later on yeah. that he gets that sense of ego. Yeah. But well, she's You know just, what? I am awesome. Exactly. But you're right. She already thought, she that, already about thought that about herself. And then the basically the whole book, everything that, most things that happen just reinforces that for her. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I've been new. Mm-hmm. Like, where so, you been? Of course, yeah, I'm cool. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? I, it's, yeah. I, I feel like that's just where most of my hatred of this book comes from is the fact yeah. that she is the main character. So you're hearing it and reading it from her perspective. Yeah. And her perspective is just so much her. Yeah, it is. You know? it is. And I'm like, you know, the people in her life who are genuinely good people, right. like Andy, mm-hmm. would have done anything for her. Yeah. You know, he was a good guy. He helped her. He came out at 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to film a video, which I would have just told her to, you know, yeah. no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's he did. I would have answered my phone. Like, right? I'm asleep. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. You're I'm crazy. I'm asleep at 3 o'clock. <laughs> so, but, she, but he does because yeah. he, he's her friend. And, and then Robin, who, even though he's her assistant... He genuinely seems to want to be friends, and, and he yeah. he does a lot for her. But she's paying him. But he, okay, yeah, she. He, <laughs> Which they did mention. Because yeah. I think somebody said, I think she said, well, I think Robin loves me. I don't remember who yes, it was, but they yes. said, well, you pay him. Uh huh. So yeah. But in the end, I think he really did care. I yeah, think I think right. he did care about her, but, but to, to kind of take her down a notch, it's like, mm-hmm. well, you're paying him. Yeah. That's why he is so loyal to you. Yes. You give him money. That is true. You wait on your every need. That is true. So. Well, and even Maya, who, like, they have, first of all, the relationship between those two, I feel like the, at the beginning it was kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. I had no clue yeah. what was going on. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like Maya had so much more invested mm-hmm. in that relationship yeah. than April ever did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And and April was just kind of treating it as, oh, it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm living with her, but I'm not living with her. Right. But I'm living with her. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was so confusing. Yes. But yeah, I need her in that she's paying half the rent, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it, so the the fact that she treats all these people who are who are gen, who generally care about her yeah. and want to be in her life. <laughs> yeah, for whatever the reason may be. I don't know. Yeah. But genuinely care about her, and she treats them like crud mm-hmm. the whole time. I'm like, ah. No, I I can't get behind a main character right. who's like that. Yeah, and then the fact that the dream mm-hmm. she she and only she mm-hmm. has access to that one last clue, mm-hmm. even inflates it even more. Yeah, like oh I'm so necessary right. for bringing this yeah. this community together. Yes, okay. mm. yes she is. Well, um, let's kind of wrap up the section and okay. let's take a little break and okay. we'll come back and. Talk about the next thing. So, <laughs> okay. we're right back. Okay, now it's recording. Okay. So, okay. Um, the next thing we kind of want to talk about was how, you know, she's in New York and she sees a statue and she, she's like, why is no one looking at this thing? Why is everyone just walking on past? And, you know, I think lots of times in big cities like New York or you know, other places, people just get so focused on what they're doing because there are so many things to look at mm-hmm. that they tend to ignore things that are even unusual because it gets to a point where everything's unusual. Yeah. So you just kind of block it out and do what you're doing. Exactly. Whereas here in small town Elgin, mm-hmm. if I see a 10-foot black, I guess it was black, yeah. statue. We really don't know what color it was. I know, right? Whatever color this she statue She might was. say that we imagine different things. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's gold. I don't care what color it is. Yeah. But if we see this thing, we're going to stop and look at it. Yeah. You know, it's going to be weird to us. Unless mm-hmm. it has always been there, we're going to notice something new mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every place that she mentioned that a Carl was at was mm-hmm. a big city. Because, I mean, she, yeah. Hollywood, mm-hmm. the New York one. I think there was one in, was, where was it? It was Shanghai or some yeah. some busy yeah. place in They were all really busy, Asia. large cities, yeah. large populations. So, of course, people aren't going to be looking at it. Yeah. They're in their own world, mm-hmm. you know. And you had mentioned when you lived in Asheville... You got to yeah. where you just look straight ahead. And yeah. I mean, because I was out, you know, shopping or whatever, and I, I knew that I didn't really know anyone, and there was just kind of nothing to see. But, I mean, there were, all, there were always some weird people and weird things. Mm-hmm. But I would just kind of be really focused on what I was doing, what I was there to get, and be focused on myself just so that I'm not so distracted by all these different things. And so I wouldn't really look around at people or look around at these different things. I would just kind of keep going. Mm-hmm. Especially in, like when you're at the mall and those people are trying to be like, oh, come try this. You oh, know? I will walk straight past so, those yeah, people. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. You get to where you don't even engage with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then coming here and where I do know a lot of people and I'm walking around, I'm still kind of in that mindset of very focused on what I'm there doing. I don't look at people. And then people come up to me and they're like, are you not going to speak to me? <laughs> and I'm like, actually, I didn't see you. I wasn't looking for you, so I'm sorry. Um, but it's, it's just a different thing living in a larger place like that. You get to where you're kind of numb to those things. Mm-hmm. And so I completely get it. And yeah. it's like, even though there's this huge weird statue here, April was the one that had this, you know, kind of, weird idea to to go talk to it and mm-hmm. to go interview it or whatever yeah um which again i love that you recognize that that is me yeah. <laughs> it 
too. I love that. I can't see me doing that. I can't see me doing it. And it's funny because that's like the one part of her Mm -hmm. that I could connect with as she's doing it. I'm like, yes, I would totally do that. Carl, Carl, what do you think about this? Carl, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I like Mm -hmm. where you're going with that, Carl. Yeah, Yeah, I do do like that aspect of her. I do. But... Like she has good, and she's a graphic artist, and mm-hmm. she's in a job she didn't like at the beginning. Um, yeah. So she had some good qualities, and she did. Um, some. But, but you know, it, it does make me wonder when we're talking about how she just stopped and goes, "I wonder why nobody is looking at the statue." One, it's three o'clock in the morning, and she does mention yeah. that it's New York, so there are of course people walking around. Right. But it's still not going to be as busy as it would be yeah. if it was bright as day. And I'm like, if you notice that, say only 10 people have walked by and not looked at the statue. Mm-hmm. You don't know that nobody else wouldn't have looked at this statue. Somebody, I am sure, yeah. would have looked at this statue if you had given it more time than yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, because had, they had said that he had appeared during the night. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't have been there for very long no. before she came upon it. It's almost like he appeared... Exactly when he knew she, she was going to walk there. by. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it does mention later on that he yeah. he changes things so that she will walk right. by. But so I'm like, if he had only been there for a short time, mm-hmm. what would have been stopping people from noticing him yeah. during the day when right. people are swarming around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're like, oh well, this place used to be clear. Now I'm right. having to walk around a ten foot right. statue. You know, somebody would have noticed. Yeah. But she even did kind of say, she's like, well, you never know. that Maybe some art installation, because people mm-hmm. are always doing that and placing things in odd places as some kind of statement. And yeah. So I think at first she kind of thought maybe that's what it was. And yeah. I think even when they did the interview, when she went home that night and thought about it, I think she was still thinking, yeah, it's some it's, art installation. It's yeah. not anything to think about. So Yeah, like the only weird part about it that she felt was when she put her hand on it. Yeah. And she didn't feel anything mm-hmm. from it. She said it didn't, it wasn't hot, it wasn't cold. Yeah, she said like the only heat she felt was from her own hand, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know, but it, it still to me, I'm like, I, her, the way she was saying it as if everybody is just walking by the same, I'm like, oh, you can't really say that because it's yeah. only been, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's only been a few people. You know? Right, yeah. Um, if any. If any, yeah. Like, the only people she mentioned were while she and Andy are filming and two people walk by as she's talking to Carl, you know? That's the only people she mentioned. Yeah. And Andy was only out there because she called him and he had whatever kind of loyalty to her to come out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Not many people I'd do that for. Well, and then I felt horrible for Andy because, Mm -hmm. bless his heart, he gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. to go out for his friend. And yeah. He does his video, and he's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who he is. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like oh, well, because she does kind of bring him into the video, and but she, like they a, treat him like a passerby. Yeah, and so I guess people thought it really was just honestly some random person, and yeah. not the person behind the camera. Yeah, and it does say later on that they have to. She has to put something on the channel that says mm-hmm. Andy is a creator too. Right. But I still feel so bad for him. Yeah. Like poor thing. Well, not a lot of people think about the person behind the camera and kind of jump back to social media a little bit. You have on social media all these couples that are mm-hmm. like kissing or doing whatever, but they're not. It's not a selfie. Exactly. So wonder, Who's holding the camera? Who these pictures <laughs> exactly. of them doing these things. Exactly. But a lot of times we don't. 
I mean, I don't think about it. I just see these pictures. I'm like, oh, that's a cool picture. And Actually, I keep going. And... I have thought about it because oh, yeah. I'm that person. Mm-hmm. I don't like PDAs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, they make me uncomfortable. Right. And so when I see a picture that somebody posted on their social media mm-hmm. of them kissing and there's clearly a third person who took yeah. the picture, I'm like, why are you taking a picture Why? and not telling them to stop? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I can see that at, like, weddings, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, um, of course. You're going to expect so, that. Thing. But it's something, I think with those pictures, I do think about it. Mm-hmm. But even with other ones, it's just like you never, I mean, I at least don't mm-hmm. a lot think about who was taking the picture. I'm just thinking about the people in it. Yeah. So yeah. it's just interesting that Andy was kind of that person that we all ignore. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, bless him. So. And then he's, he ended up being such an integral part of this whole operation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but nobody really thought about him. Yeah. You know? And yeah. even she didn't really think about him, except for that he was there. Yeah. You know? I mean, she kind of, well, she didn't kind of, she used him a oh, lot. she did. She did. Um, took advantage of him, and, and he let her, and mm-hmm. um, he kept doing things for her, and filming these videos, and dropping whatever he was doing to focus on this. Yeah. Which they did make a lot of money off of it. Oh, they did. So, um, so I can kind of see that. It's not weird for New York, but it's weird for Elkin. Yeah. End of story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the, the smaller the town, the more people notice, because people not only notice things like that, but they mm-hmm. notice what everybody's doing. Yeah. They're in everybody's business, and they know what every other person on their street is yeah. doing. Or I even go back in the to, county, it's like... Right? I go back to Stephen King, because I love Stephen King. Yeah. I've read It, and mm-hmm. then after It, I read 112268, oh, or okay. 63, excuse yeah. me, 112-63, mm-hmm. where, sorry, again, as for spoilers, <laughs> but in 112263, mm-hmm. he goes to Derry, mm-hmm. and have you read that one? I've not read that one. You've not read that one. Okay. It's actually really good. It took me a while to get into it, but it was pretty good. Uh, But at one point, he goes to Derry, Mm -hmm. and he meets um, Bev and um, Richie. Oh, I did not know that was connected. Yes. Well, it was barely. It was like he... There was a guy... Back in wherever he's living at that time, mm-hmm. who used to live in Derry, who okay. was attacked yeah. one night. So when he goes back okay. in time, he goes to Derry to try to stop it from oh, happening. Okay. Uh, but then he ends up going to do the other thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, again, that's for spoilers. <laughs> but when he's in Derry, mm-hmm. you know, in it, it mentions that there's a Paul Bunyan statue yeah. in Derry. Mm-hmm. When he goes to Derry in this mm-hmm. other book, the first thing he notices is there's a Paul Bunyan statue okay. in the middle of Derry. Like, why? Yeah. You know? And so you you think of that and you go, I would do that. Yeah. If I am going to a small town and there's some statue that I don't see why it's there, yeah. my first thing is, why is right. there a giant Paul Bunyan statue? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I go back to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, if, it, if it's a smaller place, it, I guess you're more likely to notice. Yeah. Like, I'm, if I go to New York and I see a Paul Bunyan statue, I'm going to assume it's because there's some sort of museum somewhere right. around or yeah. something. Or there could be any, any explanation for it. Yeah, exactly. There's so many people there and so many different kinds of people and mm-hmm. so many types of art and just lots of things going on there. Exactly. That, like I said, or I think there's just when there's so much to take in, you just kind of become numb to it all. Mm-hmm. When it's a small place and it's just like little houses and then a Paul Bunyan statue, it's like, yes. oh, okay, that's odd. Let's take a look at it. Yeah, right. So, uh. um, so that now I think we can talk about how you love the book and I hate it. <laughs> Actually, I, I know. Love the book and yes, she hates you do. Okay. It, you already knew that. Why don't you? Why don't you give them an idea of why you love it? And then I will explain yeah. why I hate it, other than the fact that I've already said I don't like April Right, Bay. right. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, it was like, I, I really enjoyed the story of everything that was happening, and I think I really didn't focus on April May mm-hmm. as, I mean, she was a big part of it, but I kind of, for myself, didn't let her be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I was just interested in the Carl's and the dreams that we're going to talk about in a little bit, and just kind of everything that was going on and how it all tied together, and kind of the intrigue of it all, and, and figuring out these different puzzles, because they are... Through most of the book, they have some puzzle they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out. And so for me, it's just enjoying that part. And I didn't really focus a lot on April May's personality. Yeah. Um, which I did read the book and then I listened to the audiobook. And when I listened to the audiobook, that was harder for me to do because there's this voice who, I mean, I imagine she was reading as April May. Yeah. And so I imagined her being April May and having her talking directly to me, it's like, wow, you really are pretty self-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, since I'd already kind of read it and in my own way, I was able to put that spin on it that, you know, it's there's these puzzles and I really like books where you have to solve things. And Well, not that's not necessarily true. I don't like, like detective books. Oh, you don't like detective books? Not oh a lot. God. Not okay. a lot. Okay, well, not a lot. Some so of them I do. We're going to have some points of contention after I this. Know, I know, I <laughs> know. But, um, but I like where there's, like, if, if it's good, if it's, mm-hmm. if it's, I think it really depends on the detective. Say, do you at least like Sherlock? Oh, because no, yeah. See, I if I ever have Holmes. children, I don't yeah. care if it's a boy or a girl, yeah. a child is named Sherlock. <laughs> I love Sherlock Holmes. I do, too. He's awesome. So, because to me, all those stories were really kind of like puzzles. They were. And you're trying yeah. to figure out, and, like, Edgar Allan Poe's mm-hmm. and his stories. I, mean, I love Agatha Christie, too. Yeah, and, well, that's her. true. Love I do love her. Agatha Christie. Yes. So, mm-hmm. and, I, and I do like Poirot. I mean, I think I he's got some humor to it. And yes. It's not like a, I don't know. Funny little Belgian man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's great. Um, I think like, well, you know, the Outsiders, Stephen King book. Like, mm-hmm. That was yeah. a detective story. And but bless I, we, like. I was going to say, we did not like the Outsiders. I'm sorry, Stephen. Yeah. But um, I did I not like it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was odd. Yeah, no, it, it was, was not what I thought. It was, it was not be. developed like his books normally are. Well, it was it was focused on the detective, uh-huh. you know, the te- detectives that were Which is, trying to figure this fine. case out. It's yeah. fine if you're gonna do that, but then if yeah. you're gonna put the supernatural element into it, mm-hmm. but only make that a small footnote, and yet the bad guy is supernatural. Right. No, it doesn't work like yeah, that. It doesn't. And Mm-mm. I think I like two detectives that kind of have. Some, something else about them, like, you know, on, on TV, you know, you watch Monk, and it's, mm-hmm. he's got OCD, and he has all these quirks about him, or you watch yeah. Murder, She Wrote, and she's a novelist, she's psych. not a detective. Psych. I love. Love Psych. Or he's not actually psychic, but exactly. he pretends he is, because he's very observant, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they have to have something extra to them, I don't like it to just be a detective. Just detective. Okay. Like, hard-boiled detectives, that's I'm kind of a subgenre, yeah. and I don't like those, mm-hmm. so... I got you. You know. But, I mean, I think, you know, besides the fact that I didn't like April May, mm-hmm. I, I liked aspects of the book. So, I liked the dream sequence. Yeah. I loved that. If, yeah. they, if he had focused more on that, yes. <laughs> I would have liked it more. Because it was but a giant I, puzzle. It was I mean, a giant puzzle. You know. But I think my problem, where you didn't focus too much on the character aspect yeah. of it, you mm-hmm. focused more on the setting and yeah. what was going on. Just kind of the story. Yeah, the story. I focus too much on the characters because yeah. I feel like the characters make or break a book. Yeah. And these characters, some of them were okay, mm-hmm. you know, but a good majority were not. Yeah. There was something going on with them that I'm like, oh my God, I want to mm-hmm. hit these people. Yeah. And I don't want to hit people very often, right. but I want to hit these people because they're all so 
either they're selfish or they're in yeah. this for the wrong reason mm-hmm. or they're they're fighting for no reason right. just to get attention yeah. or th- there's something going on with these people yeah. that I'm like I just I can't it get could behind. Be frustrating. It could. It's for a lot of the characters. It could. And I'm like, you know, the fact that I I too think of it as, you know, we talked about her being on that cusp of millennial and Gen Z. Yeah. I felt like this book was way too negative mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the millennials and the Gen Zs, you yeah. know. We have talked before about how millennials have a bad rap. Yeah. We're looked at now as yeah. the problem children. Right. You know, we're getting into the workforce. We're yeah. we're lazy. Yeah. We we don't we don't like to work, so right. we just sit there. We're always yeah. on our phones. Right. We don't know how to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. All these negative things about millennials that this book embodies. Right. You know, especially because the main character, mm-hmm. she is all of those things. Yeah. And so when you have your main character being that person mm-hmm. and putting those negative those negative yeah. uh, impressions, mm-hmm. I, I get upset. I'm like, because I am a millennial right. and I do work hard. And I, I think I imagined I, her as like older than me. For, I mean, I'm 30, but I think mm-hmm. I, for some reason, imagine, because sometimes I guess I feel like a teenager. I, I get um, you. So I mean, I pay I my own of, bills, but yeah, I forget it sometimes. <laughs> I kind of imagined her being a little bit older than me. Uh-huh. And so I think I was looking more at, I think that what the author was trying to do was kind of give us this image of what all of our society is like when we're so mm-hmm. addicted to social media and trying to be famous through social media. And I kind of forgot, on purpose, but forgot how old she was and where yeah. she actually fell, you know, in age or which generation she was a part of. So for yeah. me it was more, because I see a lot of her character traits in a lot of different people across all ages. And that is true. I mean, that, that is very true. But I mean, it's interesting. Like, I, I wonder why mm-hmm. he picked her, a, 20, a 23-year-old. Specifically. Yeah. And that, that was my thing. Like, I, I agree with you yeah. that it doesn't matter what age you are nowadays. Yeah. You can exemplify all of those things that she exemplifies. Right. But yeah. because a lot of genera- Gen Xs, baby mm-hmm. boomers, all these different generations are looking at us as yeah. the problem children right. now. And now there's this book right. that is... That she is a yeah. both the millennial and a Gen Z, and yeah. she is a problem child. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it does not look good on us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, we we aren't those things. Right. You know, we are working. We are doing what we need to do. Yeah. But but and then I was talking to I think it was uh, my mom mm-hmm. who is a Gen X, mm-hmm. and I told her about this book and all these things, and mm-hmm. she said, well, you know. Baby boomers used to look at Gen X's as the problem. Yeah. You know, and yeah. now and Gen X's are looking at millennials as the problem. And right. when we get older, we'll probably look at Gen Z's as the problem. Yeah. And I said, well, yeah. maybe. That's I don't good. know. And when Peter Petrowicki, the guy that was kind of the opposition to April May, he was, I think... He was an older... He, he was like 40s, 50s, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And he was very negative. And I think something that April May did was, even though her own personality was pretty bad, she treated her friends pretty bad, I think overall as a public entity, she kind of inspired hope in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And Peter Petrowicki kind of was like the negative, looking at the dark side of things. Yes. Like, we're, we're all going to be blown up and killed and mm-hmm. by these aliens that have arrived. And it's all, it's bad. They have to be bad because they're not from here. We don't like anything that's different, different. from us. Yeah. So I think he kind of, through that character, was able to kind of redeem millennials a little bit. Yeah. And kind of stick it to both sides like you yeah. know there's stuff wrong with all of you but there's stuff right with all of you yeah. too um so i think by having that character for me too it made me feel a little bit better about her as a 
you know, I mean, I was thinking if she was real and this all really happened, would I be inspired by her? Yeah, I think I probably would have, not what? knowing how she was with her personal relationships. I was about to say, and the fact that, you know, like you said, she was inspiring hope mm-hmm. and the good aspect of Carl, and she was looking at the optimistic side of yeah. things, whereas yeah. Peter was looking at the pessimistic side of things. Right. You know, no matter who it is, I don't, I don't care who it is, mm-hmm. political, celebrity, I don't care. Yeah. If you get up in front of people and you start doomsdaying, yeah, everybody's gonna shut down. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is this is not what you do. You mm-hmm. do not inspire fear like that. Right. But if you get up in front of them and you start talking about, okay, yes, mm-hmm. this is how it is, but yes. you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There right. is something good coming out of this. Mm-hmm. If you go like that, people are going to respond to you because yes. you're you're giving them mm-hmm. what they need, that yeah. hope. Yes. You know? Um, so, yes, I agree with you that she did exemplify mm-hmm. the hope part of it, and she she bore that, mm-hmm. you know? That's what they talk about. That's what President Snow talks about in The Hunger Games. Yes. It's like, you know, we, we can't give them hope because that's the only thing stronger than fear. Mm-hmm. Um, they can only have a small nugget just, of yeah, hope. Just a, and, just a dose of it every now yeah, and then. Exactly, so that because they too think, much is dangerous. But we got to keep them in, keep them in line, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, and I think that, you know, too, and... and you know, Hunger Games is kind of a really intergenerational, like, here's it Katniss, is. who's kind of a younger, and here's President Snow, who's like the old way of thinking mm-hmm. and wanting to control everything. Yeah, and so. even in, even when Coin comes in, mm-hmm. she's still that older yeah. way. Like, she's trying to yeah. get Katniss to mm-hmm. think that she's different, but in right. the end, she turns out she's, she's not. the same, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, there's that whole... Age why, representation thing that yeah, got me. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if you know age or generations. I don't know if they're really stereotypes because I think it's it's not like race or gender or mm-hmm. sexual orientation. It's very it's an age and it's a mindset because of the world you grew up in. Oh yeah. So it's oh, yeah. it's not like we're stereotyping people for their you know worldviews. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing you know because we grew up. I mean, we didn't have internet, Mm-mm. I guess. when I mean, I remember no. not having internet. Oh, no. And then when we did, like, I think I was like 10, yeah. 12, something like that. Something and then like it was that. the dial-up forever. It was dial-up until I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. I think when we finally got like DSL. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably, yeah, DSL. That yeah. was like Christmas. It was. <laughs> we got it in like the summer. But by standards, but it's horrible. It was horrible, but it was Christmas. I mean, it's like it. one megabit per second. Oh, yes. But dial-up is like 100 kilobytes. <laughs> If that. It was so bad. So. And we had to call my mom when she was at work and we were at mm-hmm. home and we wanted to get online. We had oh, to call yeah. her and make sure it was okay right. because it used the phone line. <laughs> yeah, it used the phone line and you could only do like so many minutes per mm-hmm. month of being yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, what you did with your time on there was you had to really plan it out. Oh, yeah. It took a long time to do things. It did. On there. Oh, my um, gosh. I mean, I was obsessed with Harry Potter as I have always been obsessed with Harry Potter. Yes. So we'd go and look up Harry Potter stuff for oh, our yeah. allotted 30 minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, if I was to say, I mean, and then there are kids today who I guess are in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, really, kids that graduated high school, just graduated high school, that they've always not gone a world without the internet. Yeah. Because it's just not existed to them. Mm-hmm. They've, they've always had it. And by the time they were, I mean, if they were born in the year 2000, by the time they were seven years old, iPhones existed. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's different mindsets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, you know, my parents didn't have cell phones until, mm-hmm. well, well, I remember not having cell phones. 
don't know. So, yeah, I don't think my mom had one. Yeah. No. Um, all that to say that, you know, we're not stereotyping with ages. It's just you grow up in a world that's different. And so yeah. you have a certain way you think about things. Even totally. though coin and snow were completely different in mm-hmm. lots of ways, they still kind of had the same thing underlying. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get it. And, and that's one thing, like, even if, if there's, because there's a 10-year gap for millennials. So, you have yeah. 85 to 95 as millennials. Yeah. Well, if you had a millennial who was born in 95, they're going to have even more different experiences than I am who was yeah. born in 90. Right. You know, I mean, we're still in that same generation, yeah. but yeah. we're going to have different ideas. I'm sorry, you don't remember any of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I do. It was the best. Right. We need to go back to the 90s. Yeah. Oh my God, best TV shows ever. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so you'll have those differences too, as where they, they might even mm-hmm. not remember a time before internet, depending yeah. on, yeah. you know, when their memory started and all that. No, I mean, well, because actually my brother was born in 95, mm-hmm. so, and uh, I was in 88, um, so there's a little bit of a gap between us, yeah. but, I mean, I mean, really, by the time he was able to, I mean, we had internet, I'm pretty sure, uh, only a couple years after he was born. Yeah. At least dial up, you know. I got you. So, I mean, and, but and I had that whole seven years before he was born where it didn't exist. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, I think it did exist at the time, but we, it wasn't widely available to the public. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's the same with my little brother. He's my youngest brother, excuse mm-hmm. me. He's seven years younger okay. than me. So he yeah. was born in 97. Yeah. So he doesn't remember any of the 90s. Yeah. He doesn't, I yeah. mean, he was weaned on mm-hmm. games and, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You know, and, um, oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I think GameCube was big when he was. I think GameCube was around 2001, 2002. Yes, it was. I loved my GameCube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best. Oh, yeah. And I think, so I think that was the first thing that he really learned was GameCube. And, oh, okay. I don't know. I learned on a Nintendo 64, I think is what it was. That's possible. Yeah. Because then, as far as the Nintendo system, there is the NES, mm-hmm. Nintendo Entertainment System, and then there's the Super Nintendo and then there was Nintendo 64. Yeah, I think it was the Nintendo 64. So, I think yeah. that's what mine was. That's the one with the weird shaped controller. Yeah, well, you had the thingy. Yeah. Well, you had, yeah. That was the first console to feature my favorite game, Super Smash Brothers. So I do love that game. Yeah. That was a good game. Mm. So, um, anyway. Because they redid it for GameCube. I had it on GameCube. They redid it. It's been on GameCube, and then it was on Wii, and then it was on Wii U, and now it's on the Switch. Ah, okay. So, I've had every iteration of it. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, um, but I'll say, you know, I mean, our parents aren't as well versed in these things as we are, and mm-hmm. we're not as, you know, maybe our younger siblings. Like, oh, yeah, no. So it's just my butt. the more time you spend with something, with technology or with anything, really, mm-hmm. you know, the better you know it. Mm-hmm. So that and that's what causes these generational gaps, and that's why I think we do have these different names for generations because mm-hmm. they're just different things that you grow up with and know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway. Well, and and I think we talked a little bit about April's personality and her mm-hmm. her relationships with people, which yeah. you know, again, that that was just part of my why I didn't like it. I, right. Well, we were trying to after we first talked about the book, after we both read it, and we're talking about how difficult April was to like. I was like, well, let's try to think of some good things and. Something I came up with was she's very diverse thinking and yes, open-minded. Um, she's really like not concerned with gender or sexual orientation. She just happens to have a girlfriend right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just really not concerned with these things. And I think yeah. that's very millennial of her. It is. Um, and I, that is one good thing about, I feel, the millennial generation and the Gen Zs. We yeah. grew up 
-hmm. Everybody's equal. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. who they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter where they come from. Yeah. We are all humans. Right. And so I do like that she exemplifies that. Right. You know, that it doesn't matter. Because she says, you know, she says, I'm a woman, but I don't let that define me or yeah. what I do. I'm just, I just do what, what I feel. What I feel is right. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. What I want to. And, mm -hmm. It, it doesn't matter what gender you are. You can do anybody can do these yeah. things. Is basically I'm, what April May is saying. Yeah. Um, and also, I did want to mention her name because I watched a YouTube video of the author Hank Green talking about it, and someone asked him how he named his characters, and he said, "Well, basically, I put it in a placeholder for them, and then that's their name." <laughs> so he said, "I was writing the book, and I just wrote April May down because I thought it was funny." And legit, the first thing I thought when I opened the book and I read her name was, "No, seriously, what's her real name?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate that name. Yeah. I was like, "What's her last name? June?" Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> that would that would be just so bad. So but it's uh, like you know. Then I wrote this whole book and had been using that, so I was really attached to it. So at that point, I had to keep it April May, just like yeah. she named the statues Carl, and they had to keep calling them Carls. Yeah, that was the first thing that they were called. I was gonna say even even I'm referring to them as Carl. I know. Like I mean, they're not robots or whatever. They're Carl. Like they are because <laughs> that's the first. I mean, she called it Carl from mm -hmm. the get go from yeah. the first time that we saw it. Anybody oh, yeah. saw it. All right. So. And it kind of worked. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, we did talk a little bit how she has commitment issues. Oh, yes. And um, I think, yes. like I said earlier, the social media thing didn't really help her with that. It didn't. But it made her more kind of floddy. And, yeah. Um, well, and she tried to briefly explain her commitment issues. You remember mm -hmm. that one part where she's talking about how her parents, she doesn't, she loves her parents, mm -hmm. but she's not really close with them. Yeah. And, and it's her, not them, because they've raised her really well, and yeah. they've been loving parents, mm -hmm. but she just doesn't get close to yeah. people like that, yeah. and she doesn't know why. Right. And she's even she even mentions how later on with Maya, when they're having issues, it's all her fault. Mm -hmm. It's because she, whatever's going on in her head, she can't, yeah. she can't get cl close to her. Mm -hmm. she, it scares her. Yes. Does. And because didn't she say they were like because they were roommates and they've been mm -hmm. roommates in college yeah and now they were still roommates and they were like dating and they were living in the same apartment but they weren't living together she's she like but I haven't moved in her into the bedroom yet exactly I sleep she on the keeps couch. mentioning that over yeah. and over again yeah that Maya wanted to yeah but she didn't she's like we live in the same apartment but we're not living living together, together. yeah we still have our separate spaces and we don't live in the same bedroom or even sleep in the same bed yeah. Yeah. But we're dating. I, I don't know. That's just an interesting concept. But yeah. also very millennial of her to wow. say, well, this is what I want to do. And mm -hmm. this is how I want my relationship to be defined. Even yeah. if it wasn't really fair to Maya, which I don't think it was. No, it was not. <laughs> um, it was to not. keep leading her on. Absolutely. And, I mean, I'm like, take into account the other person, dude. Mm -hmm. And then Maya ended up coming back and helping her out mm -hmm. towards the end. I mean, exactly. it, it, she still came back and helped her. So. Well, and then there was that whole Miranda thing. I don't think we've mentioned Miranda. Right. Miranda... After the whole thing started, she contacted April mm -hmm. because somehow, I guess in the video maybe, April had said something about when she touched Carl, it felt weird or yeah. something. Yeah. So Miranda was asking questions about that. Mm -hmm. Then they end up starting a conversation. Yeah. She goes out, uh, April goes out to Hollywood to meet Miranda and do well, because, experiments with um, Carl. It was from the Freddie Mercury sequence. Yeah, it was know, Freddie Mercury sequence. That Wikipedia page, which mm -hmm. that was really cool to me, because also another yeah, puzzle. That was cool. Um, yeah. and see, I think that's what kept me going through it. Mm -hmm. They kept having all these little puzzly things. And yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but on the Wikipedia page, they noticed about 
was it? it don't, was the song, stop, don't stop me now. Because mm-hmm. when she touched Carl, she kind of heard that song. Yeah, she did. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, and then it turns out all the Carls were humming it right. or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so if she goes out to Hollywood and meets yeah. Miranda, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out the sequence, and then they they figure out about the elements they need, yeah. and so they go to Carl. Mm-hmm. They're doing the experiments, and it ends up being that Miranda becomes a huge part of this sequence, yeah. these puzzles, and she becomes a huge part of April's team. Mm-hmm. And then April ends up having relations with Miranda mm-hmm. yeah. at one point. Right. And just because she could. Just because she could. And then yeah. she has these, like, oh, well, I shouldn't have done that. but And it's going to get awkward now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. But I wanted it at the time, and so I was selfish and got it. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Exactly yeah. what she was thinking. And so she ended up messing up something that was just a friendship. Yeah. Messing that up, you know, yeah. and and so every relationship that it, it almost painstakingly shows us that every relationship April has, yeah. friendship or otherwise, mm-hmm. she ruins because yeah. she even yelled at Robin yeah. at one point. Her Robin, assistant, her she assistant. was paying. <laughs> exactly, she yells at him and tells him to leave yeah. at one point. Right. For him doing his job. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, she was making sure she was okay. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mm, that that. I, I don't know. I keep harping on about it, but that's one reason why I didn't like the book. Oh, yeah. Well, let's move on to the dream sequence and talk a little bit more about the part we really did love. Yes, yes. That was really cool. And yeah. and I kept trying to figure out where they were going with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, it starts out, she has the dream first. Because she, mm-hmm. she, she's the one who touched Carl. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then uh, she was what, patient zero is what it kept referring so. to her as. Yeah. So anybody who came into contact with her mm-hmm. got ended up getting the dreams too. Right, because it was... Like a disease. I mean, yeah, it's, it's airborne or, or something. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they kept saying. It was At some airborne. Point. But yeah, uh, people that she had come in contact with, and then it just kind of spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to um, the whole world. So. And so she, she starts out. She's in this office mm-hmm. in the dream. She's yeah. in this office, and Carl, or no, some random person mm-hmm. is sitting behind a desk. Yeah. She starts trying to talk to him. Every time she talks to him, she woke up. Yeah. So then she decides she's gonna look around, right. and she comes upon the first puzzle. Mm-hmm. And she solves it, but when she wakes up, she realizes that other people have been having this dream. Yeah. And somebody else had solved it first. Yeah. And so then it spirals into everybody's having this dream. They're all working together to solve these puzzles. Yeah. And it's it it doesn't really explain. I think that I think mm-hmm. I had a problem with that is yeah. that it didn't explain too much about the puzzles themselves. No, I wish I knew more. It it really yeah. this part really reminded me of Ray Player One by Ernest Cline. Um, because in that book everyone is in this virtual reality world and they're working towards solving this big puzzle um, to gain control over the Oasis, which was the name of the virtual reality world. Mm-hmm. Um, this the dreamer part really reminded me of Ready Player One because you have all these people trying to solve all these clues and working together and she because they set up a didn't Miranda set up a website yeah a, a dream like a social media thing dream just for the dreamer yeah set up a website so that they could work together to solve all these different because like we said earlier there were things in different languages so you really needed people that spoke all different languages mm-hmm. and from all over the world to successfully solve every sequence in the dream yeah um, and there were like thousands, weren't there? Oh yeah, there was tons. It was like um, four thousand, four thousand sixty nine, okay. something like that. Some, yeah, but then, but number. I don't. I think they had reached that number, but then they realized it was one more, and that right. was April's. Yeah, she yeah. Had, she was the only one because there was a plane that came up in the dream, yeah. and she was the only person that could see it. Exactly, which was the last clue. But then she made the mistake of 
announcing to the public, yes. oh, this is the last clue. And so then other people, even though they weren't in the dream, figured it out before yeah, her. And exactly. Which of, was disappointing as well. It was. You know, it was I, all that build up, and I thought she was going to do this miraculous thing and figure it out. And Then she didn't. She didn't. Yeah. And Which, then, I, if you think about it, is yeah. actually very clever on Hank Green's part. Because oh, I'm yeah. like, if she had done it, I would have... I yeah. would have said no. Right. She this whole time she has not done it by herself. Right. And now all of a sudden she does. So I, I give. I think it was mm-hmm. clever on his part to mm-hmm. let her not do it. By Which herself. she did figure it out. Mm-hmm. Outside but, of the dream. Yeah. It, so uh, after it had already been figured after out. After it had already been figured out, and so I'm like, yeah. but but it's interesting because you know after she is looking around this office, mm-hmm. then she realizes you can get out. Yeah. And so there's this whole other world mm-hmm. in the dream that mm-hmm. looks like ours, but it's different. Yeah. And like uh, she says, she's in New York, or mm-hmm. it looks like New York, and she comes out of the building, mm-hmm. but there's an Arby's across the street from this ginormous mm-hmm. office building. There's a church right beside there's it. There's different there's kinds like, of temples and synagogues. Yeah, and just... like it's, so like the dream is trying to imitate real life, but there's differences yeah. mm-hmm. in it. Well, nothing moves in the dream. Exactly. Except for the plane except and the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because everybody was freaking out when she first said, you know, the plane. And they're yeah. like, what plane? Yeah. Nothing moves. She just thought everyone was having it. Yeah, she thought everyone was having She's like, yeah, I don't know where the plane lands. And they're like, well, go find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that was very interesting to me. And because it does mention the Arby's. Mm-hmm. When she goes across the street to the Arby's. Mm-hmm. And that's, she said, you know, somebody else had figured out that the money mm-hmm. was from some other country. And so they, because yeah. she opened the register... There's whatever. I can't remember. Was it it Indonesia? I don't know. Indonesia or India. It is one of those. I I don't know. I don't know what kind of currency. But uh, whatever kind of currency they use in Indonesia or India or wherever, (laughs) uh, it was there in the cash register. And then you had to have that Mm -hmm. translated to be able to know that you had to pry up part of the floor to get to the thing. So it was was really cool hearing that Mm -hmm. and hearing how these people from all over the world are working together to solve it. Like, you can't do it without somebody from Indonesia or India. I'm sorry, I feel horrible that I can't remember. remember (laughs) It's like an I. We're both agree on the first three letters of the the country. It was something. I know, that's going to drive me crazy. That can just be a mystery. That means you'll have to read the book. Exactly. To figure out which country exactly. that was. Teenagers. <laughs> I know you're listening to teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. Um, I think and that kind of goes into, you know, the author's purpose of the book is, you know, it's a lot about togetherness and, and working together mm-hmm. and how divisiveness kind of is a detriment to society and how it kind of tears people apart. And I mean, you go back to Abe Lincoln, a mm-hmm. house divided cannot stand, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, because um, a lot of April, you know, she felt that the Carls were wanting, you know, everyone to work together, mm-hmm. and she kind of was in denial the whole time about whether or not he was an alien, and mm-hmm. I still don't guess we really completely know for sure. Yeah, it's very... Um, if it's, uh, Carl could be some kind of spiritual being, or it could mm-hmm. be an alien, I mean, I guess we, they really never did say. They never and, did say, and I think that um, was... But the thing is, like, you know, the whole Peter Petrowicki people and their, you know, that the Carls were bad, that kind of, 
in today in society we have you know people are afraid of those people that are different yeah different from themselves and that you know that's throughout human history it you know, is. we've always been yeah. that way we're scared of something that's different which yeah you know it's like we said millennials and gen z's especially have started we've mm-hmm. changed that yeah. idea we're like no everybody's right. equal and it doesn't yes. matter let's embrace yeah. our differences exactly and, it's okay uh, that we're different outsiders it's like and, you know 90s kid mm-hmm. but fairly odd parents when fairly odd parents oh, yeah. first started mm-hmm. the, in that first couple of seasons there was an episode where timmy mm-hmm. uh wishes that he wasn't different yeah and you remember they end up changing everything into a gray and mm-hmm. white and, and they were these yeah. blobs mm-hmm. everybody and they were all the same and mm-hmm. he hated it oh yeah and and i'm like that to me mm-hmm. especially brought it home that yeah. no it's okay that we're different we have yes, stuff to talk good. about we have we have things that we there it's always interesting mm-hmm. if we're different right. if we're all the same what's the point yeah exactly yeah. well it's like and also another nickelodeon show the spongebob episode where he becomes normal you know uh-huh. um because yeah. he's like i just wish i were normal and so he kind of makes himself he's all smooth and, uh-huh. and his nose is small and he's kind of not annoying mm-hmm. in the way that he usually is but He's just like, hi, how are you? And just very monotonous, and yeah. he becomes normal, but then everyone hates that even more yeah. than him just being himself. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know... Yay for Nickelodeon, by the way. You yeah, guys like, rock. For and those were like music. 10 years ago. Yes. Those, those those hair hair, are, so. yes. Um, but yeah, I think that that was kind of the point of the book, is that we need to come together, and you know, towards, well, at the end of the book, there was a re- something that happened that made kind of the whole world come together yes. as one and it had to be that way. Yeah. Um, and so I think kind of April's theory that the Carls wanted the world to work together came true in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the theory of, I think, most of the people that were, I guess, pro-Carl mm-hmm. um, was that he was here to help. And, and the way he was helping was by trying to bring people together. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that also his presence divided people. Yeah. So, you know, even more so than they already were. Yeah, which, I mean, if you really think about it, we're, we as humans, mm-hmm. I feel like, like to like to be different in our thinking as well as our, our yeah. thing. So I feel like if you didn't have that other side who mm-hmm. was so negative, it would almost, it would just, one, it would have been unrealistic. Yeah. But two, it, it gives it... It gives those people who have the hope, it gives them more of a reason to hope. Yeah. You know, it gives them more of a reason to fight. Yes. Because of the opposition. Right. You know? Yes. Um, so. It definitely does fuel things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a graphic novel I'm reading right now, C.S. Picard, it's called Fence, and I just read the second, uh, I guess, issue. Because um, they're not comics, but they're graphic novels, but they're short. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there's... It's, it's about fencing. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's, I hope so with a name like I that. Know, yeah. <laughs> but there's um, two guys that are kind of, they're they're really competitive and they're like rivals and the coach has them together mm-hmm. because they're rivals and she knows they're going to make each other better. Yeah. So, you know, maybe Carl and in his infinite wisdom <laughs> <laughs> knew that, yes, his presence would uh, divide people, but in the end it would be worth it because that would make the, the coming together even stronger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because um, I think right. when you have a battle that you're facing, that when it's really, really bad, that mm-hmm. when you get to the other side of it, it's like, oh, this is really awesome. Yeah, right? So I, th- I think maybe Carl planned all that, but we really don't know, I don't guess. Um, we don't. And There is allegedly a sequel coming out in mm-hmm. a few years, hopefully. I mean, Hank Green said he's going to write a sequel. Whatever it happens. Yeah. 
Sometime. So, yes. Um, <laughs> so I think that's his overall. And you know, too, we talked about how, you know, kind of his commentary on millennials and mm-hmm. Gen Xers and you know yeah. different generations. I think he addressed, even though April was the main character, so we really got more of her than anybody. Yeah. I think through the other characters, especially Peter Crusher Wiki, he was able to address you know other parts of society and other yeah. generations and. Just so we kind of all see kind of the, the bad that yeah. um, exists in society today. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting because speaking of different generations, her parents, mm. when it, the couple of times that it mentions her parents, because yeah. it really doesn't go into a lot of detail about her parents. Right. But she even specifically says that her parents are very mm-hmm. accepting and open and yeah. all these other things, which they would have been. I think she said at one point they were like in their 50s I think or something so, yeah. like that. So they would have been yeah. Gen Xers almost at yeah. the uh, baby boomer yeah. stage. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, they are those accepting and, yeah. and open people. Yeah. But that goes against what a lot of mm-hmm. the negative yeah. Gen X views yeah. would say. Right. You know, that they wouldn't be that open. That they mm-hmm. would, that they would have said... You know, you're 23, yeah. why is it you're quitting your full-time job right. to go and do YouTube videos, yeah. you know? Why is it yeah. that you're that you're living in, a, in an apartment with a girl that you're dating, you know? Yeah. Why are you doing these things? That's right. bad. Yeah. And so there's that negative view of what Gen Xers would do, right. but they didn't. Yeah. And I like that they didn't, yes. that they were not made those stereotypical right. parents, that they are open mm-hmm. to other ideas and, right. uh, you know... They really wanted April to like thrive and create and be herself, mm-hmm. like on her own terms. Exactly. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that mm-hmm. um, for yeah. sure. I wish there were more characters like that in the book. <laughs> yes, right, right. So, um, trying to think. I mean, her parents, because the president did come to meet April May at one point, mm-hmm. um, and her parents kind of. I, I do truly think they were there to support her, even though they were excited about meeting the president. I think yeah. they were there to support April May. Um, and April May, the president was a woman, too, by the way. Um, just just for your information. Just for your information, but it's so, awesome. Yeah, um, just so you have an idea of, I guess you're trying to picture things in your head right now if you've not already read it. Yeah, um, which, shame. No, no, <laughs> <choice. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would say that it is a good book and you should read it. Reason being, it's going to start a commentary. It gives you things to think about that you wouldn't normally think about. You know, generational differences, Mm -hmm. coming together, you know, how we can be a society of people who love each other instead of, you know, judge each other. Mm -hmm. Things like that. So I do think it's good in that aspect and and definitely worth a read. It brings up some very good points. Um, And, you know, as you have heard it creates good discussion whether you loved it or hated it Mm -hmm. it brings up really good discussion especially too I think I feel like Kirsten and I have similar worldviews and similar thoughts on Mm -hmm. lots of things but we can still kind of feel different about this book yeah um so it really is a a good conversation starter and we Mm -hmm. should think about a lot of different things oh yeah and um I think now we found this on Amazon I think is where we, or did you, or is it Barnes and Noble? I actually got this through Book of the Month Club. Oh, okay. So, um, but I heard about the book through Barnes and Noble. Okay. Um, 
because I think the book of the month club sometimes they release books like a few weeks before they come out uh-huh. if you pick one that month it's, it's a cool thing okay um, but I, I saw the book for the first time I think with Barnes Noble book club mm-hmm. some on their Barnes Noble email list and that's where I first saw it and I was like oh that sounds interesting and actually Hank Green is John Green's brother you may know him from I think Looking for Alaska and Turtles All the Way Down and The Fault in Our Stars and I didn't know that until after I read the book mm-hmm. um, so I thought that because we talked about how the book was very, written in a very young adult style. Oh, yeah. I mean, it read more like a, a young adult novel. Oh, yeah. I can see a lot of Gen Z's living yes. that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's not classified as such. Um, yeah. In the library catalog. And, <laughs> well, you know, yes. So well, it, it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but. But I think, it, it, and that, I think that's, too, why it really has something for everybody. It, mm-hmm. it looks at a lot of different personalities and looks at a lot of different angles of things that we face in society today mm-hmm. um, so I think it's good for about yeah, yeah, very relevant very relevant book so very high, highly recommend reading it yeah, even if you don't like it it'll give you some some new ways to think of things yes yes so. and um, we also obviously have the book at Northwestern Regional Library in our system mm-hmm. and you can also get it through NC Cardinal um, we also have the ebook through our overdrive, so there's lots mm-hmm. of ways you can read it through the library. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. But, but there is lots of lots of ways to get your hands on the book. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely comes to nwrl.org. You can mm-hmm. go there, and we have a search box, and you can find it there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want the physical book, you can request it, or you can get the ebook as long as it's not checked out. So. Um, well, and thank you guys for listening. We hope that you you got some good ideas mm-hmm. from this. But we, we really do recommend it and appreciate you listening and hope that it, um, if you've not read it, that it encourages you to read it. And mm-hmm. if you have read it, I hope you've gained some more insight. And we would love to hear from you. Yes. Um, so please email us at podcast at nwrl.org. And we would love to hear from you and get your feedback. Yes, and this has been Kirsten. And Tyler. And we'll, I was, I was I guess say, we, we won't can't, see you next yeah, time. Yeah, we won't see you next time. But I was like, we, but you will we, hear us. That's what we'll say. You yes. will hear us next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And as always, you can find us on nwrl.org. And we hope you will listen next time.